Welcome to the Weird Eye Podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian Spotaro and Bogdan Andrusak. And in this episode, we're going to talk about AI, the criminal of the future. So let's say you want to start a crime organization in 2021. Now, because of COVID, you're kind of restricted on your mobility moving around. Like, for example, going to Colombia and making your own cocaine wouldn't be ideal now because of all the COVID tests and stuff like this. But one way to make money as a criminal nowadays is using the internet. And we, both data scientists, which we are experienced, we can use AI to make crimes and profit from this. Yeah, to make a quick buck on the side. <laughs> Just as a warning, as it wasn't clear, we do not endorse criminal activity. It's only for educational purposes. This is a satirical show, so please do not do any of the things we talk about today. And plus, if you understand how neural networks work, you are probably not built for a prison life. So let's go back to talking about crime, hypothetically crime business. Yeah. I don't know what to do with AI and crime. However, Europol has written a very nice report on malicious uses of AI. That's, I think, a good starting point for our criminal life. <laughs> Let's read what police have to say about crime so we know what crime not to commit because the police already knows about this crime. <laughs> so when we think about like computer crime, we think about hacking, and that's also one crime we can talk about today. But we also want to talk about all kinds of crimes. We do not exclude a particular field. Yeah. A, a paper at the Crime Science Journal, they identified what AI applications are more dangerous than others. So the most obvious, which can produce the most harm and uh, which are harder to defeat, is audio and video impersonation. Deep fakes, yeah. right? Deep fake of voice or face. Yeah, like it was a lot on media in recent years about deepfake, but I feel it was more of a scare that people were trying to get attention to this technology. And I think it's good because everybody heard about deepfakes. So I think that make a deepfake as crime quite not efficient because everybody are aware of it. But still there is quite big risk of people uh, impersonating, especially in terms of generating voice and calling a bank and saying like, oh, can you do this transaction for me? I'm definitely this person because I sound like this person. And something like that similarly happened actually to an American company where, where some criminals used a deep faked voice of the CEO to call the company in order to make a some money transaction. And because it was voice of the CEO, nobody really doubted about the whole situation. And therefore, millions of dollars were stolen from this company just because someone impersonated. So it's very harmful and very hard to defeat. 
Today, we won't talk about too much about deepfake since we will have a dedicated episode on this in the future. So back to stealing the voice is part of social engineering. It's when criminals try to learn as much as possible about person to impersonate them and uh, steal their money. And with AI, uh, it's easier to analyze the data. You can scrap a lot of social media posts, search them by photo. Uh, in Russia, there was, for one moment, there was an app that could, uh, uh, find. it was called Find Face or Face Find, and people could take a photo of anybody, find their social media profile. And now it's uh, not available for the public, but available for, uh, I guess, police. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's one one one's way just to scrape all available social media information, not just from you know your Facebook, Instagram, whatever. But if you are a CEO, it's very likely that there is a lot of mentions of you in all over the web. So getting all this information in easy way can help uh, people build their profile on you. Yes, so not only in Russia, we have multiple cases of this happening. So uh, one case was in the forum of the French Freedom Zone, where they built a, a similar tool, as you mentioned, called Eagle Eyes. And it has the same capabilities of finding all social media accounts associated with a specific profile, whether name or image of the person or whatever. This is not something where like, okay, it's technology which is not widely available. There are a lot of people who already build tools like this, just with the power of web scraping and basic pre-trained models. And yeah, social engineering is still the... So Europol has noted that in 2020, social engineering is the top threat of cybercrime. This is one way. If you have a tool to identify your, <laughs> your victims, that's ideal. And with there's already neural networks which are very good at cloning voices. So I know there are a lot of startups, but also open source tools where the more voice recording you have, it can clone that voice of that target. So you can even, if you are happy by calling through the phone where you have this lost sound quality, then you, all you need is just five seconds of the original voice to be able to copy that person's voice. So basically, we are putting ourselves in a grave danger to educate people because we put enough of our recording to some, for someone to copy our voices. So social engineering is like a big word, but there are a lot of like subcategories of it. And what we briefly mentioned with this voice cloning is this human impersonation. Now, human impersonation can be like extremely malicious where we just fake that we are a person, like, oh, I'm the CEO, but it could be something more hidden, more uh, not so obvious. So I'm going to talk about Spotify. Spotify business model works is that there's revenue coming from users, premium users, and also ad companies. And from that money pool, Spotify gets a cut, and the rest of money is then give to all artists, like for the pooled artists. And the way to split it is based on the number of plays in the music. There's like a metric called, like you get money for every 1,000 listens, something like this. And I think that's like several euros or dollars. And how can you make money from this? Well, people have noticed that you can make money through like listening audio. So what people do is 
people either make their own songs and try to like, oh, here, look, I have so many listeners. But that didn't, that worked in the beginning. But now a, if Spotify, AI, surveillance is now better, so easy tricks don't work like this. But what now people do is use AI to mimic human behavior on the platform. So you would have a lot of bots which would listen to music, that's music you generated, or maybe an artist who's paying you to, to listen to its music. You can make it in a way that it behaves naturally as a human. So you could use reinforcement learning or some other machine learning algorithms to mimic human behavior on the platform. This allows that bots are not detectable and therefore making criminals money. So Spotify is the known one, but the same principle can be used for anywhere where there's ads and a social platform. So YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, (laughs) everything. Everything could be used to exploit the system because you have the tools now to make human-like behavior, which is very hard to detect. And this uh, race of making less detectable bots and detecting bots is very interesting to follow. I remember when I was doing my research on propaganda, it was uh, I found that Twitter bots were using uh, pictures of hot girls, so uh, other users would text to them, was hitting them like, "Hey, girl, what's up?" And then the Twitter uh, algorithm at that moment would pick up that it's a user interaction. So this bot interacts with other people, so it's probably a real person. And that that managed to keep those bots running for for, for a while before Twitter found it. So AI can be used for social engineering in, and human impersonation. Another approach, which I think it's going to become more relevant because we're already seeing this, is content generation. Now, we heard like several years ago that GPT-2 is too dangerous for humanity to be released. But why? Well, because criminals could use it in a way that is malicious. So now with GPT-3, which you have, where it's magnitudes, (laughs) a magnitude way better than GPT-2, criminals can use GPT-3 to create automatically or semi-automatically high-quality fan mail or phishing mails. So I could imagine that that in the future, your spam emails are not going to come only from a rich Nigerian prince. Which or selling, trying to convince you that uh, they're uh, they're carrying money for you in a store or whatever, right? They they're gonna be more personalized to you. So you could have basically a. I'm just thinking out loud. Me as a law-abiding citizen who would never commit such crime. I would exactly. I would build a genetic algorithm which would generate a lot of GPT-free emails. And I would then, based on which emails makes me more money or more responses, those emails I will send more often. So I can fine-tune my emails and therefore read more effective in my spamming phishing business. Uh, Yeah. And not only like spam mails can be generated with GPT-3, passwords can be generated with GPT-3, making like brute force hacking much uh, easier because a lot of people tend to make their password 
a password with some variation. It's completely common. So if you are listening and your password is a password, please change it to something else because there is a lot of dumps of uh, credential and passwords and you can fine-tune GPT-3 or whatever NLP model to generate passwords that very likely that real people would use. And this is not only a potential, this was already done in 2019. Some researcher built a GAN called PassGAN, which is basically on the similar idea where they analyze large data sets of passwords from leaks in the public. And based on the statistical probability and distribution, they could be more effective in their password guessing. But like if you have some prior knowledge of your victims, so maybe you have their Facebook account and like other stuff, maybe that information give you in insight in their personality and therefore with that prior knowledge you can be, find out the password maybe. So <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like if you know a person's names, a person name and the date of birth, you basically know their password. <laughs> it's a, it's a variation of one of those, so please also don't use your name or the, your date of birth as a password. <laughs> so let's continue talking about generation. And with content generation, people can generate fake news. And fake news was a, a big problematic topic in recent years in uh, a lot of countries very becoming really a big political problem for elections and generally democracies. for democracies and uh, as with uh, GPT-3 and other text models it's getting easier to generate fake news that's a quite a problem and fact checking and determining what is like real news, what are fake news is uh, research still continues in this topic. So, but I believe like for uh, fake news, it's less like a criminal, uh, like, I mean, it's a criminal thing, but from terms from it's more on governmental levels or like big organizational levels than like somebody trying personally steal your things for you. So I would consider it as more warfare uh, things than a criminal thing. However, I think if you combine what we previously mentioned, this easy way to access information of, of people like scraping social media information and stuff like this and images of the person combined with content generation, you could just make some, I don't know, AI generated blackmail and just like send in masses to random people, like personalized blackmail. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, that's probably horrible, especially with deep fake, you know, you make a, a bad photos of someone like, you know, wearing bad suit for a wrong occasion. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, exactly. You could uh, maybe, if you have some, inf- like, if you web scrape social media data, okay, you find email, you have the name and lo- some personal information about the person, you have a photo of it, have a script which automatically de- does a deep fake, and like, oh, I'm going to send this into public if you like, you know, just like some personalized content also with that. And yeah. I could see that's like a <laughs> yeah uh, that <laughs> a was big threat. that was the case in uh, Russia when this find face was public. Uh, people would find uh, porn stars 
and then blackmail them, uh, like, you know, we will tell your parents what you are doing and uh, stuff like that. So that was like a big problem for, for those people. And uh, and I think with like special deepfake blackmail, even if it's not real, when it's released, it uh, ruins people's character. Like you, like even if it's fake, it's there and you have to go and convince all people like, oh, it's a fake photo, it's generated, it's create a big, uh, big problem for, for, for people that become victim of such crimes. So, so th this was like most of the crimes that um, I would say are like so uh, social crimes where there is criminal groups that target their victims, and it's all happening mostly through internet. But there is different types. We can talk about malware and how new viruses are created with the help of neural network to obfuscate the code to such levels where none of the existing antivirus programs can detect them. Because how the antivirus, in my understanding at least, work, they find the snippets of code in the program that might be harmful, but those new AI viruses, they are self-encrypted. So when they are installing, they are not completely decrypting themselves. So the antivirus... They're not cannot, opaque. They're opaque. Yeah, they're opaque, yeah. And I think it was a case with Android. It was scientific case where they are preparing for such cases where the researchers created this uh, virus that hide as Android app and uh, none of the software managed to detect it. I think you're talking the research done at IEK at our university. Probably. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, again, Graz is a center of AI. So if you're looking to become AI professional, come to Graz. I think the city of Graz have to pay for us to for the so much self promotion in the latest episodes. <laughs> okay, back to topic. So yeah, obfuscation and like making AI viruses. That's a scary thought. Another a, a way that criminals can use AI in a way that is harmful is data poisoning, adversarial attacks, and so on. So. What we can do is that users can send in all of platforms data. So, for example, on Facebook, you upload images, maybe. Maybe in Twitter, you write some, some tweet, and so on. And behind these systems, there are AI systems, which process that data and then use that data in a way that either recommends products or change the experience of the user or the users of our people. Okay, what does this mean? Well, let's uh, let's go through some examples. One way where AI can influence our systems doing data poisoning is through fake reviews. So, or I've experienced that a lot of the reviews they see online are fake. You don't need to be genius to read the review to realize, yeah, okay, this is obviously fake. But with AI and with the content generation tools we have, we can create personalized reviews which seem authentic and real. So this is one way of doing data poisoning. But this can be something more malicious. So 
if, if there's a platform which uses images for pre-processing, you can then upload images in a way that affect the system. For reviews, it's quite simple. Positive reviews, which don't seem fake, will just push my, the product further up. And that's money potential there. But it could be something more malicious where if I, I'm trying to find for a concrete example now. Um, but you're too good boy to, to think about such bad stuff. Yeah, you see, it's like I, I'm limited by my by my consciousness to to say. If you have any criminal ideas, please contact us. <laughs> <laughs> please contact your local police station. <laughs> they will uh, further assist you in your. Uh... <laughs> so, but anything which is data poisoning, you can make an AI which will generate specific data which will influence the system in a bad, beneficial to the end user. This is something more complicated, but it is not something which is outreach since adversarial algorithms are becoming more accessible to criminals than ever before. Yeah, talking about adversarial attacks, it's very big issue in self-driving cars uh, because self-driving cars rely, rely on their sight. AI, uh, self-driving cars, they know the road rules, they know what lines they can cross and what lines they cannot cross. And there is an AI trap where you build, make a circle where outside you have discontinuous line and inside you have continuous line. So the car knows that it can cross the discontinuous line and cannot cross the continuous line. So the car drives in the circle but cannot leave the circle. And the car will stay in the circle theoretically forever till somebody comes and picks it up. But there was also cases in testing where like a small white square on a road can make a car turn left or right even if there is no uh, turning. So that's why I think like all autonomous cars now require active driving. So if you have a Tesla, don't sleep in your Tesla for now. Wait a few more years. Uh, till everything will be figured out with computer vision. But still, this is going to be quite hard since this is, again, data poisoning. And if there's people who want to use malicious applications in this, they will figure out somehow a adversarial image which will somehow affect the car. <laughs> yes. And talking about robots and cars, um, let's think about Alexa and other uh, home assistants where this uh, home assistant become more and more popular and people make this whole smart house systems where the doors can be opened by smart lock and stuff like that. But it's, it's prone to attacks like any other lock. So, of course, mechanical lock is not the safest, but there is a way that those uh, smart uh, assistants can be hacked or uh, uh, activated because those assistants, they can hear sounds that are on subhuman level. So they hear like very little noises and through that it can be passed like commands like open the door and stuff like that so that's also uh, also should be kept in mind and generally every every lock can be opened with some tools so put uh, your smart lock next to your mechanical lock <laughs> <laughs> and a good old chain <laughs> 
maybe not the final frontier, but let's say crime 2.0. And that is criminal business intelligence. I think the biggest value crime organizations can benefit from is actually good old data analysis. What we already offering for e-commerce companies and so on, the same thing can be provided for criminals. Let's say you are a criminal and you are running a phishing operation, right? You're sending email in order to convince people to send you money through Western Union, for example. Very common scam. So what you can do is that you can track every time when a person opened the email or received the email, or you can track uh, if they wrote back. So you can just track all the activities which are happening in your organization. And based on that, you can do smarter decisions. So for example, if you know that the email was never opened, then you can remove that uh, email completely since that person will never open the email again from you. If you know that the person replied to you, but somehow it didn't went through the, the thing, you, you can then maybe do further research why they didn't do. So you can maybe identify different customer segments, aka victim segments on how what methods are effective to what people. So this can get you know out of control very loose where you have just an AI-driven crime organization by just applying normal data analysis. Another thing I'm just thinking out loud is instead of like tracking like email stuff, you could do market research, let's say public data. So criminals could maybe get demographic information from different countries and cities, and they could maybe identify, I don't know, potential places where they can sell drugs or like some kind of, or maybe they find, okay, these people, there are a lot of old people there, there, then we can do those scans where they call old people and try to convince them to pay money. So, with AI and data analysis and web scraping, criminals can become AI-driven entities. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like crime organizations, they have they have their accountants, they have their lawyers, they have they have their regular people too. So soon there will be like a data scientist of Colombian cartel was arrested, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, so. It's not far, but like if you are so good at market analysis for crime organization, you maybe <laughs> just start your market research company. <laughs> at least you won't go to prison for that. <laughs> I mean, again, don't commit crime. It's bad. You will very likely, like you will get caught and they will take your money away and put you in prison. Just, you know, find a job as data scientist. It's better. And since data science is still one of the most sexiest jobs in the world, there is enough place for everybody. <laughs> <laughs>